today's interview, I speak with a business owner that is doubling his business, not every year, but almost every month. They've had incredible growth even since their first year in business. And he shares with us a simple technique that all of us can use to experience this type of growth for our businesses, whether we're a service business, a product business, or whatever it is. I encourage you to listen. Welcome to another episode of the Harvest Growth Podcast, focused on helping consumer product companies, inventors, and entrepreneurs harvest the growth potential of their product businesses by teaching cutting-edge marketing strategies and interviewing successful marketers, as well as product marketing experts that share their stories to inspire you to achieve hyper-growth for your own business. I'm your host, John LeClaire, founder and CEO of Harvest Growth, and I believe that if you want to make your product the next household name, you just need to follow the right plan and that even the best products struggle to succeed when they step away from proven strategies that work. And I believe that you can grow profitably, which means you don't need to be a Fortune 500 company or have access to venture capital in order to grow your business. If you'd like to learn more about what we call the perfect launch process for marketing products, check out harvestgrowth.com. And if you still have questions on how you can implement this process for your business, you'll see a link on our homepage to set up a free consultation with one of our product launch specialists. Today, I'm excited to have Arthur Menard on the show with us. He is the founder of Lambs. Now, these are radiation-proof underwear. If that doesn't get you interested in this interview, I'm not sure what will. It's a really fascinating concept and product that he's developed. He's going to tell us more about it, as well as a story of how he's grown to be so successful, really in the first year of operations. He's, it's still an early-stage business, but growing quickly and has, had, has already done quite a few exciting things. So, Arthur, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you. Thanks, John. Super excited to be here. So tell us about the, let's talk, start with the product first. Tell us about Lambs. Yeah. Um, so Lambs, uh, you've said it perfectly. Our first product is a radiation proof underwear for men. Um, and when we say radiation, uh, we're not talking about Chernobyl or uh, this kind of thing, but we're talking about cell phone and Wi-Fi radiation. There's been a number of studies, uh, thousands actually in the past years that have pointed uh, that radiation coming from your cell phone or from your Wi-Fi have an adverse effect on your health and potentially on your uh, fertility as well. Um, And it can be crazy numbers. So the Cleveland Clinic, for instance, found that men keeping their cell phone in their pocket for more than four hours per day were experiencing a 50% decrease in sperm count compared to men who don't. Um, So when we... uh, we're at dinner once with friends. We all got our cell phones out of our pocket, put it on the table, and started discussing the fact that we're really not that smart because we've been hearing for years that we shouldn't be keeping our cell phone in our pocket, that we shouldn't be sleeping with our cell phone next to us, that we shouldn't be um, essentially be bathing in all this radiation with all of our connected devices, uh, but that we really weren't doing anything about it. And that's when we decided to come up with a concept, which was, can we actually block the radiation directly within our garments so that we can keep on living our lives as modern men? And I'm saying this, I've got a connected device here, I've got a cell phone, uh, we're doing this interview on a computer connected to Wi-Fi, like, yeah, we're living lives as modern men, um, all of us, and so we wanted to come up with a solution that would be effortless. And that's what LAMS is. Um, So we 
looked at what, what was out there um, and essentially we got to be honest, like we got super inspired by something that the NASA is using in spacesuits because they do block radiation for when you're up there in, uh, in space. And so we used exactly the same principle, except that if you're wearing, I don't know if you've ever worn a spacesuit, I have not, but it's not supposed to be comfortable. Uh, so <laughs> and we, 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 uh, we went at great length to make this technology called WaveStopper um, a super comfortable fabric. Uh, and so that's what we've developed. Um, and so nowadays, what we have is a super comfortable, super soft fabric. Um, it's very close to silk. Uh, and that uh, essentially blocks 99.9% .9 of cell phone, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth radiation from uh yeah to in order to keep the bad of your goods so you got the idea or part of the concept from the nasa spacesuits that they wear on those moonwalks etc and obviously in space stations or well, i guess when they're out and walking in space yeah. but obviously you can't use the same fabric so how did you how did you go from what they have with their shiny material and i'm sure very expensive as well how did you transform that to a fabric that now is affordable and can be used close to your skin yeah that's a great question so what the NASA had was actually not a fabric. So what they do is they have aluminum fibers in, directly integrated in the spacesuit, um, which is fine because, as I said, like if like a spacesuit is is it's a suit. It's not <laughs> it's not a fabric per se. Um, but the essential concept there is that if you have a grid of a conductive material such as aluminum. Uh, that is narrow enough, um, EMF radiation, which are EMF stand for electromagnetic frequencies, um, which are what cell phone and Wi-Fi radiation are, cannot penetrate this grid. Um, you have the same principle actually in your microwave. Uh, so if you look at the door of your microwave, you'll see that there is a sort of grid as well. And uh, this grid helps contain the radiation of your microwave, which are exactly the same as your cell phone, by the way, uh, inside of the microwave. So we use this physical principle, um, but instead of using aluminum, just like in your microwave or in a, in a spacesuit, we used silver. Um, so we have a very tight mesh of silver fibers in our product. And, um, and that's what enables us to create this electromagnetic shield, which blocks the radiation. Wow. So... Uh, so if you've got just to, I have to back up on this for a second because you kind of got me a little bit scared here. <laughs> so I'm even more excited about your product. So you're telling me that the same radiation that we use in a microwave to cook a hot pocket from frozen to boiling hot is the same radiation that I'm sticking in my pocket when I put my cell phone in there. Exactly, it is. Wow. Uh, the only difference is going to be that your microwave is obviously way more powerful uh, than your cell phone. Uh, so it doesn't take two minutes yep. of exposure sure. to your cell phone to cook uh, an egg. Um, but it's, ex it's exactly the same thing. And uh, we keep our cell phones in our pockets uh, or next to us for 16 hours a day, uh, if yeah, not more, yeah. uh, every day. Whereas, um, yeah, a cell phone, uh, a microwave cooks for two minutes and then it's done. So we actually did a video. Um, if people search it on YouTube, they can probably find find it if they search for lamb's eggs, uh, where we are putting an egg in a regular underwear um, in a microwave, an egg in a lamb's underwear in a microwave. Then we microwave them for... I can't remember, maybe four minutes or something, we accelerate the video, um, and uh, the regular egg would pop, and the one uh, in a lamb's underwear is perfectly fine. 
Wow. Um, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, there is a, there is a story behind this video that I can tell you afterwards if you like because you're not supposed to put metal in a in a, in a microwave and uh, and our boxes have silver, uh, which ah, is sure. which is a metal. So we almost uh, had the microwave catching fire the first time we tried that. We tried that. Anyways, um, <laughs> we found a way around it. Well, glad you're safe and still we're able to pull off a really fun video. That's great. <laughs> So how did you, let's talk about how you started the bit. Now you've got the technology made, you've, you've picked out a fabric that works really well, you've done your testing. What was your first thing you did to market the product? So actually, uh, I'll, I'll back up just a little because what you said, you've got your testing is super important. Yeah. Um, I think what was, when we, when we started, I mean, we, we saw that a bit later, but the, it's, we're opening a new market, we're creating something that does not exist, radiation proof, apparel is is completely new uh, however we're evolving in a market where that is riddled with fake products um, and essentially the reason is you can't really I mean you, it's hard it's gonna be hard to test if it works or not so you get those stickers that you put on your cell phone that are um, sup suppressing radiation that can't work because the reason why your cell phone is emitting radiation it's because that's the way it's connecting to cell towers um, or Wi-Fi. So if you yeah. cut that, essentially you have a cell phone which is in, in airplane mode. Um, so those things don't work. You had you had like little cubes which were supposed to create an ion balance around you that fight off the negative ion from EMF radiation. That's not like it's not a negative ion issue <laughs> that you have. It's that the it's a polarized radiation which arises on your cell, which take it as a as an as an aggression because cells are polarized as well. So it's a completely different. Um, I mean, it's it's a uh, it, it was a world which was literally riddled with those products. So the first thing we did was to ha heavily rely on testing and certification, external certification that we could use afterwards um, to establish credibility on, on, this, on this new brand. Uh, so we got certified by the MET labs uh, with whom the military work actually. Um, and I think they've worked with the NASA specifically on those products uh, here in the US. And then we uh, got certified in, by Emitech lab in, um, in Europe, which is one of the biggest ones when it comes to certification on radiation uh, to have this proof of, of, of credibility first. And then um, we got started at CES, actually. Uh, so the CES is a consumer electronic show. Um, we got started there. Uh, so it's the biggest show in the world around consumer electronics. Uh, we had a booth, uh, but we did something a bit special. We so we started with underwear, uh, as we said. Uh, so we did the entire show in our underwear, without pants. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> One way to get attention. Yeah, that was uh, that really worked. Like we had journalists uh, who were on their way to interviews, stop seeing us stopping, and coming to interview us to learn about why the heck are we doing a electronic show <laughs> in underwear? <laughs> um, and uh, and yeah, that's that's how we got started. Uh, we had a cloud word with all of the synonyms for um, nuggets, diamonds, essentially. Yep. <laughs> uh, behind us and then a tagline 
back then, which was got some back then. And um, and yeah, that's uh, that's how we drew attention around the product, and that's how we established our first proof of concept that commercially this was viable. We, funny enough, we ended up uh, in the top ten of brands spoken about in the media and the and the and the social media uh, back then. Uh, alongside with brands like LG, Samsung, you know, like smallish brands just like us. <laughs> yeah, right. That's impressive. Well, and, and part of it, you know, so you guys are genius in the way you did it. First, you always have to have a good product, right? But there's a lot of good products out there. I mean, you know, millions potentially, thousands for sure of good products in all different categories that never break through, right? That never get the attention. So you've, totally. got, to, you've got to combine that with creative, unique marketing approaches like you guys did at the CES show. So that's a great way to get attention. And then once they see it, again, you got to back it up with, with science and with a product that it, there's a need for, you're solving a problem. Problems, so you guys have accomplished that as well. That's fantastic. So, what was next? What was the next thing you guys did after the CES show? You got attention now. You're in, you're in the press. How'd you move that forward into sales? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, we took our time. Uh, that was for us essential. We took a few months of fine tuning everything. Um, so we fine tuned our product from the original. Uh, the original one that was working, that was great, uh, but that was far from being the best comfortable underwear um, out there. So we took, um, we worked with amazing stylists uh, from Paris, actually, uh, to uh, come up with a much better version uh, when it comes to fit and uh, design altogether. So we're not trying to do a design play or our product is a technological product. The reason why our consumers buy it is because of the effortless protection and uh, confidence and peace of mind that it brings. But um, if you're receiving a product that is not where you don't have a Y effect of like, wow, it's actually like super comfortable, uh, then you're kind of defeating the purpose because you're not going to wear this every day, which like our consumers, um, most of them actually replace completely their wardrobes with uh, Lamb's product uh, within the first three months of, of uh, first purchasing with us. So anyway, so that was the first step, uh, getting to the one of the best fits out there um, in order to have an amazing product. The second thing is we fine-tuned our website uh, by A-B testing, A-B testing, and A-B testing for, I think, four months before launch, um, heavily testing everything and uh, and trying to get our conversion rate uh, up, um, essentially... Well, uh, if you gain, if you're at 1% conversion rate, um, so 1% of your visitors buying your product to uh, getting to 2%, essentially you're doubling the size of your business without any additional external efforts. Yep. Um, so focusing on our internal stuff first, um, when it came to everything essentially that can increase uh, the performance of the engine uh, because we sell exclusively on our website. Uh, so it's our sole uh, growth engine. Uh, so we wanted to make sure that this was as optimized as possible and it's never as optimized as possible. Uh, so we keep on improving that every day. Um, but uh, but we worked very hard to get, I think like, when we got started, we were at like, yeah, something like 0.65%. Uh, and now we're going days with like 4.55%. Like oh, it's, awesome. um, yeah. So but it's incremental uh, changes that uh, that led there. So and, ten, uh, 10 times growth in your conversion rate over a period of time, of course, but mm -hmm. that's amazing. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. 
I mean, and all those things vary, but like we're, we keep on, uh, we keep on improving on, upon that uh, every day. That's super important. Absolutely. So we have someone on our team dedicated to this. Actually. Oh, I imagine that's great. And over the course, so it's, you're still in your first year of business, essentially, and had great, crazy growth already. Yeah. What, what's been the biggest challenge you've, you guys have experienced? Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> it's hard to pick one. Um, so, yeah, because we launched, uh, so we did all this testing between January and April, and then we launched mid-May. Um, and that's when we really started growing and, scale and scaling. And so we've had like, um, I mean, depending on the month, obviously, like, the, the growth was much stronger when we got started, but we're now like uh, cruising in at about like 20 to 40% per month uh, growth, uh, month per month growth. So it's, it's kind of crazy. I think our biggest challenge has been uh, keeping up with production. Um, not in the sense that we're like maxed out in terms of capacity, but in the sense of when you're selling a physical product, you have to uh, stop production much earlier than uh, when you're selling it. And so when you're growing like we are, um, and you're on a like depending on the timeline of the of the factory and uh, we've reworked really on this as well in order to cut our production time by about half uh but we still have to get started three two three months uh before the months of sales if we want to be on time uh and when you're growing that way you've got a no way of predicting where you're going to be <laughs> and b you have to put down the money for producing uh, potentially, let's say you're going to double your sales uh, from now till three months from there. So you need to buy, um, to put down money for in inventory that you're going to sell later that is going to be twice the amount that you're selling currently. And if you're, if you're at a, say, 50% margin, uh, that essentially you're going to put down exactly the amount of your sales back into product uh, in order to keep on growing. So we've had a number of experiences where we are really low on stock. Uh, we run out of stock a few times, and uh, and then you're taking you're taking into account that factories close usually uh, for August. Uh, so we've had a terrible experience where we were growing like crazy in August. Uh, we run out of inventory. The next production time was uh, September. We already had an order. Uh, but for way lower than what we were already uh, in back order. Uh, so like, that took just uh, a good month to, to fix that. So inventory has been, um, yeah, it's been uh, one of our biggest challenges, yeah. uh, keeping up with that, because uh, the, the rest was fine-tuned. This is one of the things that is really, really tough to, to deal with. Yeah, it's, it's something that's very common. I would say if you're not having inventory problems or if you haven't had <laughs> inventory difficulties, it means you're probably not growing, right? It's, just, it's one of the natures yeah. of launching and marketing a product with growth comes that inherent issue of having to manage cash flow, which in turn so goes into inventory, et cetera. So it's, it's that constant churn of, of growth. It's one of the negative sides, right? Or hard, yeah. Not negative, I guess just difficulties, right? But it's, it's part of the, the fun side is now the growth that you guys can experience mm -hmm. beyond that. So, you know, I talked to a lot of inventors and entrepreneurs that are in a similar situation to you, maybe size-wise or the successes they've had, but it took them years to get there. So you, you've done a lot in a matter of months, really, and, and really grown uh, exceptionally well. Do you have any advice that you could offer for other inventors and entrepreneurs that are trying to get on this fast growth path? Um, yeah, so I would say the first thing, and I see this all the time with entrepreneurs, um, it's on, on mine, it's not my, my first business and I've made a ton of mistakes, including the one that I'm about to say, um, 
which is um, get the product to market as soon as possible. So I just said that we took our time to come up with a perfect product before we really launched and, you know, like poured oil on the fire that we were creating. Uh, but before that, we, as I said, we had a product that was working, but it was far from great. But we got it out there and we tried it on a market. Uh, we did a Kickstarter campaign um, and we, uh, we started selling on a website as well um, before launching just to get a first feedback and then, um, and then see what, how people were buying it, what they were telling us, how many they would buy, if they were willing to buy it at the price that we're offering it at. So our underwear starts at $29, um, which is in line with um, with what's out there when it comes to brands, uh, but it still is a pricey uh, underwear. If you if you go to Walmart, you can probably buy a, a boxer for five dollars. Uh, so, like, are they willing to? Is is the protection and confidence worth this much for our customers? So, essentially, the first thing that we did was validate the demand. Um, because if you don't validate the demand, or if you don't validate the hypothesis that you have around, like, okay, there is demand, but for that price, yes, no. For buying online without trying them, like there is a bunch of, of questions that are unanswered until you get to market and until your customers or prospective customers tell you with their credit card. <laughs> uh, so it's easy to do a survey and to be like, hey, John, would you, uh, would you be interested in lambs? And you'll be like, yeah, sure, it's an amazing product. Are you going to buy them? We'll see. But, <laughs> you know, like there's this very, very strong possibility that you're going to tell me genuinely that you're interested and that you're never going to buy it. Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing that we did. Uh, we really validated this. And then, as I said, we worked on our engine um, in order to... So we, we watched uh, countless videos of people on our website, how they were interacting with it. Um, we paid people to go on the website, answer a series of questions to understand, um, like from an external eye, what they were thinking when they were getting there. Uh, so we really worked on that, and we created a growth model where essentially nowadays we um, we're not paying money um, to. I mean, once a customer has done his first sale. Uh, we're essentially, at, at the bare minimum, we're even. So between the cost of marketing to acquire this customer, the cost of goods sold, uh, shipping, etc., at the end, we're gaining money or we're neutral, uh, but we're not losing money. And that enables us to essentially, as I said, like pour uh, oil on the fire and uh, grow at the speed because we're not like investing into like, okay, uh, we're going to buy your customers. We're going to lose money on the first transaction, but we're going to get break even in six months. Yeah. Um, but in this case, you have to have the cash to <laughs> wait six months till you're finally recouping on your investment and then you can finally invest more. Um, so that's why we took so much time um, working on the website and then working on our ads and working on all this growth engine uh, so that the, it's a healthy growth model. Yeah, I think that's great advice for any, whether it's an early stage business or even one that's been out there for a while, but looking to get that next stage of growth is finding the model where your marketing can pay for itself. As you said, at least break even, especially for a product like yours where right. you, know, you get it in their home, they buy it once, they're going to come back and buy more. So oh, yeah. you, can, you, can, you, could, you feasibly could afford to lose money. A, a significant amount, you know, bigger companies might go on the model where they want to lose money up front oh, yeah. and figure they'll get it later on and companies do it all the time. But the smaller you, you are, the more- 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. In, in the investment stage early on, but the faster you can get to that point where you're at least breaking even or making money on your advertising, then the sky's the limit. That's really what fuels your growth. And I love how you talked about really focusing on the basics of the business mm-hmm. or yeah. the fundamentals, let's say, which, you know, the, especially the website, right? You get, you spend all this money and time to get people to the site and making an amazing product. But if they're not getting the story, if they're not converting, then it does nothing for your business. So anything Absolutely. you can do to increase your, even in small ways, that makes all the difference in your, in your overall profitability. That's, yeah, it's been, it's been fantastic. Was well, there anything I haven't asked that you think could be helpful for our audience? Uh, uh. You're putting me in a tough spot right here. (laughs) (laughs) I say my toughest question for the end. (laughs) Um, Let me think. Give me one second so that I uh, I rethink about it. No, I think, honestly, like, I'll I'll, I'll repeat this advice because to me it's just insanely important. Um, Before you focus on the engine, make sure that people want to buy it. <laughs> uh, so get your product out there as soon as possible. I think it's Reed Hoffman from uh, LinkedIn who says that if you're not ashamed of the first product that you're putting out there, then you're putting your product out there too late. And it yeah. couldn't be uh, true enough. So instead, in order of steps, I would say try out your product, go sell it in the street for all I care, like sell it before you make it, but sell your product. And then once you have validation that there is a market, that there is a demand, then focus on your engine and uh, and essentially within four months you can get to a pretty sweet spot um, if you uh, if you work on this engine where you're going to be like potentially multiplying by five uh, the um, the amount of uh, revenues that you're going to generate with just the same marketing effort and then marketing is where it's really hard like it's it's hard to get people to come to your website it's hard to come up with new creatives all the time um and then creative campaigns and a bunch of things like uh, it's it takes a lot of time and efforts whereas engineering the website is engineering like it's it's pretty straightforward steps that you can take um so educate yourself as to what makes a a website convert what are the best um best practices in e-commerce and that should get you uh get you a long way i love it i think it's a great way to put it i'm a big believer in validation that can be done whether it's a product business or a service business you know even within our own business years ago we used to only do direct response tv ads you know 13 years ago when i founded this company because facebook instagram really didn't exist literally back then and so several years ago when they started to really grow as opportunities we would constantly test in very small ways with our clients and it took a while in my opinion for facebook to figure it out on their end to really be right. able to be profitable, for example. <clears throat> so we kept testing. We would do these really small projects and lose money on most of them, um, you know, in terms of our, the time we would spend with the client to get things done because we wanted to prove it out. But as soon as we turned that corner and realized how big and successful a, a campaign can be once they figured out the internals in Facebook, now we're off to the races, right? So that's changed right. our business. Now it's you know, over half our business is, is on there in, in Facebook and Instagram. And you know, we're doing millions of dollars in media a year, but it's something we wouldn't have, we couldn't have jumped in without testing. So whether it's a service business or a product, I, I love that. It's great sage advice, I think, for all of us to take home. And so Arthur, I really appreciate it. This is really a really fun interview. You've got a, a fun product to talk about. I love the way you kicked it off with your, your interesting strategy at the CES <laughs> show. Thanks for sharing that story. But since then, you've done a lot with it as well, and I can see why it's been so successful. So again, really appreciate the time you've taken. I know how busy you are to share your story with, with all of us. That was a pleasure, John. Happy to, happy to have been there. 
Thank you for your valuable insights and for taking the time to share your story. Our audience of inventors, entrepreneurs, and product marketers will benefit greatly from what you've taught us today. For the listeners, go to their website to learn more. Also, be sure to check out harvestgrowthpodcast.com to see other episodes that we have recorded. And if you like this episode and you want to learn more about how you can profitably grow your consumer product business, please subscribe to our show and leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play.